On this week's episode, we welcome attorney Benjamin Crump. Crisis in the classroom. Now, I know you get a lot of criticism uh, for being a part of this collaboration on this new book, Crisis in the Classroom. And I want people to know, it was not easy getting you on board to be a part of this collaboration. It was a really a conscious, soul-searching decision that you had to make. And you also knew what was at stake. You cared about what people thought at the moment. You cared about what the civil rights community would say. But then you had an epiphany. Yeah, you know, obviously I have a lot of allies uh, within the government in Baltimore, Maryland, um, as with educators around the country. Including the teachers' union. Uh, very strong yes. uh, respect for the teachers' union. And as I said, my wife was a teacher and is an educator. Um, and so when you started talking to me about this, even though we had did the lawsuit in Detroit where we argued successfully that students had a right to literacy in America, right to education, that this lawsuit in Baltimore was different in the sense that we were representing the taxpayers and people could construe that as if we were trying to take resources and funds out of the public school system. And the fact that, you know, we were doing it together because we have very different political philosophies. And so uh, I was saying I'm fighting on enough fronts why go get in this fight? And, you know, I had to really think about it and do some soul searching and look in the mirror and say, well, are you doing it for a popularity contest, Ben Crump, or are you doing it to try to make progress for our children to have a better world? And uh, my conclusion was we have to do what we believe in our heart is right to change these outcomes where far too many children from our community are graduating and are unable to read and write and be able to compete in American society today. And we cannot go to sleep and turn the blind eye to that over and over again. So I chose to make a, a statement with authoring this book with you and giving a, a Dr. Carson, giving opinions about why we feel we have to do better. We have to identify the problem and we have to come up with solutions and the solutions won't be solutions from one party or the other. It has to be solutions from everybody to fix this crisis in the classroom. You know, look, I have a lot of respect for you because even knowing it is the righteous thing to do, most people with your influence and your cachet would have just sat on the sidelines and say, find somebody else. It tells me that you serve God and not man, that your soul wrestles with these things. And what is, prob what is problematic today, and we all are guilty of this, we want to stay within the comfort of our parties and our labels, knowing that there's a problem. There's a problem, But I don't want to get involved in that because I don't want to deal with the backlash. And I know you're not going to get into it. There's been a lot of backlash. Threats or hit pieces on you. People feel you betrayed them. And yet you stood firm because your faith is bigger than your wallet. The future yeah. of these kids 
is bigger than your reputation among people who want you to just go along. Yeah, and Armstrong, I, I fundamentally believe that we have to find common ground. We just can't always have a stalemate. Where does that get us? At some point, we need to say, as Dr. King said, there's more that we have in common that separate us. It is so easy for us to just point out things that separate us all the time. Well, let's find stuff that can bring us together to try to move forward. And in this time, now more than ever, we need to find those things. So I'm thankful to you, Armstrong, for continuing to be persistent. That Crump, I know, you know, you're dealing with these high-profile police shootings and, you know, these uh, discriminations in corporate America. But this crisis in the classroom is probably more important than all of those things combined. And, you know, your persistence made me do a, a critical reflection on what are we here for? We are here to try to leave a better world to our children. And at the end of the day, when we die, I don't ever want to say I didn't use whatever talents, whatever blessings, whatever resources that God gave to me to try to make it better for our children. You know, I don't know if people understand the significance of the judge in Baltimore after so much pressure and so much lobbying, because you know I know the courtroom is political. Judges' decisions can be political. There are all kinds of relationships that influences them. Well, I'll say judges have great discretion. How yes, about we say that? we're saying the same okay. thing. But however, I, I don't think you and I can emphasize enough, this is the first time that a lawsuit of this nature that has been filed has ever been allowed to go forward in the United States. And many people privately have said to us, it's because you gave credibility to it. You decided to stand firm in that press conference, and not just in the press conference, the town halls that we're doing, what we're doing now, writing the book, because while you may call it courage, 20 or 30 years from now, you can say that because we decided to step in the firing line, we decided to check that log jam. And, and look at what has happened. Look at what the parents are saying to you. Yeah. Look at people that you never would imagine. What, what are they saying to you? Yeah, it is quite, uh, and I'm hardly ever surprised in life, but I am very surprised by the number of black parents who are coming up to me who say, thank you, Attorney Crump, for uh, getting involved in this lawsuit because my child graduated and I don't think they got a quality education. And so they are thanking us for taking a stand and you know Armstrong life is a journey you you never know where this journey is going to take you if you asked me two years ago would we be doing this I would have said emphatically no but life is a journey and we continue to try as best we can to continue to learn listen to one another I listened to you, I looked at the statistics when Scott Marta was having this empirical evidence of what these results were uh, of these graduates coming from the Baltimore public schools and their illiteracy rates. And we said to ourselves, the evidence is there in black and white, we can't deny this. And so now we have to give it to 
the world, make it transparent because we know knowledge is power. I, I, I go back to this here and it, it really harkens back to what is the crux of America. Ben Franklin said that democracy is like two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. He said liberty, liberty is making sure that that lamb is well armed to protest that vote. So what we are doing is making sure that young lambs, especially young lambs of color, young lambs that would be marginalized are allowed to protest, not with guns and bullets and, or any means of violence, but they are well armed to be able to protest with intellect and diplomacy and strategic thinking, the things that you need in society today to be able to be successful, to be able to keep a roof over the head of your children and your family, to put food on the table, to keep the lights on. This is what a basic quality education affords you the opportunity to do. And that's why we're fighting so hard. That's why we took this stand and have a history will Re, uh, write about us, I will accept it because as my grandmother taught me, you don't do a thing for the result of it. You do a thing because it was the right thing to do. Wow. So what's, what is the book about for people wondering about the crisis in the classroom? Well, the book is a, a forerunner uh, to a lot of the things we're arguing in the lawsuit. It talks about opinions on if we can get everybody to the table, about Armstrong Williams' opinions, about Dr. Carson's opinions, about my opinions. And then it talks about the evidence that is there for us all to say we have a stake in this. What we're trying to do is expand the circle, Armstrong, from just our three with this book to get the public to engage in this. We've started the conversation, but we want America to continue the conversation. And the hope is that the citizens in Baltimore, when we get to this trial, will be able to tell us their opinion on what they think about all of this with rendering their verdict. And I believe I'm strong that because the city leadership in Baltimore are in essence public servants, once the public renders their verdict in that courtroom, they have an obligation to be accountable to the will of the people. How important, because what they're allowing us is discovery. Yes. Well, discovery uh, for a lot of lay people out there is a tool that the court gives lawyers to go out and take depositions, subpoena information, do interrogatories, do requests for admissions where you can make it emphatically clear what is the issue and what is the response from the leadership? And what has it been in the past? What is it today? And they can't hide behind technicalities and these things. No, the law makes you swear to your answers under penalty of perjury. And that's what discovery does. It allows us to go into each school, look at test scores, and it allows us to take depositions of teachers, former teachers, 
people who say, no, I'm going to tell the truth. I, I'm not worried about uh, you firing me or anything like that. Now, I just want to make sure that we can be transparent so we can get to the truth. And hopefully once we get to the truth, we can get to justice for these children. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.